Welcome to the Western Sports FC podcast. The first team were involved in a nine-goal thriller at the weekend, so stay tuned to see if it went in our favour. The reserves have also kicked off the season with a midweek match against local rivals Wincanton, and we'll be analysing the parts of this game we saw through the dark at Alvington. Thank you to our main sponsor, Consul, a town you can trust, for their generous sponsorship of us once again this season. If you can think you can help us in any way, then please let us know. It's Thursday the 5th of September, and with me tonight are Will Island and Jake Coombs. So, we'll start with the uh, game at the weekend. Um, Will, it's a game against Cobham, which, you know, over the last couple of years has been a, been a big game uh, for the first team. It's, we finished second and third between us the last two seasons, so... This is going to be a bit of a test of our metal. Yeah, well, we only had to look at the results from the uh, previous weeks to see they were banging in goals. Um, and obviously the last game of last season was a cup final. Um, <clears throat> we obviously know it's going to be tough and uh, one of those games you look forward to. And when we got there, it's a, it's a nice, nice and sunny when we got there. The, the pitch was looking in absolutely fine, Nick. The grass almost looks, almost looked like AstroTurf. It's so tight, tightly knit and very green. It was a lovely scene. Yeah, Cobham always is a good pitch. It's um, still a bit firm, but um, it played well. Yeah, and it always does at Cobham. And uh, there's a, a change to our, our lineup with um, Louis Irwin being dual signed from Wincanton and having a free week, so he, he made it onto the, into the starting 11. Yeah, no complaints from anyone <laughs> at all. Um, we were very lucky to have, uh, you know, I think as he's quoted on, I think the forum said he's a ringer. Definitely not a ringer. He's been bullying six foot four centre halves at age sixteen for us. So, yeah, we brought him on nicely. And just as the game started, the sort of heavens opened for a bit. Rain came down, added a bit of zip to that lovely surface we talked about. Made for a good game and some defensive mistakes, I'd say. <laughs> oh well, let's see what happened. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the first incident was, I mean, started pretty early, didn't it? You, you know, we played a ball forward. You sort of feel like we should get a free kick. It goes in the air. We do give away a free kick. You felt, well, it was a free kick, but we should have had it first. And from the free kick, we don't clear it well enough and Nathan Saxby's through on goal. Yeah, frantic start. They're a, they're a big side. They always throw their weight about and we were we obviously always try and match them in that sense and put some tackles in. Um, yeah, I thought we had a foul at their end. Broke down the other way and Saxby, we know about his pace. We talked about it before the start of the game. Went straight for on goal and Cuffy made it out of a good double save, actually, early doors. Um, credit to him. Um, yeah, two great saves and uh, obviously went out for a corner in the end, thankfully. Scrambled it away to safety, but, um, you know, good start from Cuffy and, you know, nine times out of ten, Nathan Saxby puts them away, didn't he, really? So, so that's very good for us. Um, but it didn't take long. Um, a few minutes later, we were one down and, uh, again, I guess it's probably, well, it's, a, it's an error, isn't it? Yeah, um, our main man um, don't really know what's happening. A couple of just two and two now for him. It's not like him at all. I think um, yeah, he's one of those players that he's so reliable. The mistakes are kind of exaggerated. <clears throat> he won't do that again all season. He's uh, he's that good. So yeah, simple finish for them. And yeah, mistake put us down. And we're thinking right, it's going to be tough from here. Because yeah. obviously, I mean, John Teller didn't reach the keeper, but I mean, to be fair to. Aza Phillips, their player. I mean, he had a lot to do. It wasn't like a straightforward tap in or one on one with the keeper. He's off at the side and he bent a glorious finish into the far sort. Of, I'm not quite sure it's quite in the top corner, but in the far into the far side netting. Yeah, we were um, we were talking about Aza Phillips as well on the way uh, on the way down on the bus, and I think a few of us uh, jokes how much they pay and they keep him there. He's that good. So um, no, he took it really well, and um, you know they could see straight away why they're scoring so many goals. Okay, so we did. 
you know, after a while, it was it was Cobham at the start, really, and that continued for a little bit. But we did start to get in it. We we were breaking, and it was sort of Josh and Louis causing problems, running at them, rolling them, winning free kicks. Yeah, Louis just rolls players at will, um, and you know he's as trim as I've ever seen him, as fit as I've ever seen him, and the pace is there to see as well. So, um, with Josh is obviously lightning as well. It was always going to be tough for them, and they actually played quite a high line, and that played into our hands quite quickly. And they started picking up one or two bookings as well, which is obviously making it harder for them to defend against these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think they didn't clock actually how quick we were and didn't change their game plan. And it left them halfway up the pitch with half half a pitch for our guys to run into. So, you know, tactical fouls were starting to come in and, you know, pretty heavy tackles as well. But, you know, that's what the game's about and we like that. But played into our hands eventually. And then one of those free kicks we won, it was right on the edge of the box, probably, I mean, what, 20, 21 yards max, say, do you reckon? And then I guess it's maybe not the person you'd expect to step up, steps up. Uh, I think he's like our new David Lewis. He's uh, Ollie Wake, steps up, side foots it off the valve. I've seen him working hard on that in training. Um, and yeah, because it always went straight out the keeper, but it must have moved in the air. We well, couldn't see it from where I was, but um, on the bench again, Harry. And uh, the ball was obviously hit, the rain had come down quite hard before that, and it just slipped through his hands and, and a bit, bit power beat him as well. So I think it was a combination of the movement, the power, and the rain. Yeah, I mean, again, I think there's probably a mistake in there from I think probably the keeper should save this, but um, I think the ball also does move because I was running in on it and. I thought when the ball was halfway towards him and I thought straight at him but you could see the way he's shaping up he's going to parry this and I'm thinking I'm just going to get a tap in of a rebound here but somehow went through and ended up at the net and that's better <laughs> than having to, uh, having to run the risk of tapping it over from six yards or something so that's not too bad and the game really it just started going end to end didn't it you know you attack we attack we attack you attack and two teams just hell bent on scoring goals yeah, it was turning into quite an exciting game. Um, not what we wanted after going one all. I think we were quite happy with steadying the ship and just kind of taking the game deep. And that was certainly the plan going into the game, was to take the game deep and try and put some pressure on them, the home team, and having to score those goals, try and keep them out for an extended period. But uh, that's not how it played out at all. Both. So the next big incident, uh, Louis Irwin goes through on goal and, well, talk us, talk us through the next bit, Will. It was on the kind of left-hand touchline. He rolled on the outside of the defender, um, and then kind of found himself. Oh, it was one-two off Painter, and uh, and was chairing in on goal. And he, he was miles ahead of the defender, and the defender just guided him down. Don't really understand it, really. I mean, even if we score it and they keep eleven men on the pitch, they're probably in a better position to go on and win the game from a common perspective. But um, he took him down, and it was obvious straight red, and it was kind of the card was out before Louis had even gone to ground. And and to be to be fair to the the lad, I mean, he was walking to the change room before the card was out, and there was absolutely no complaints from from any of the the common players. It's just it's just like you say, it was an unnecessary tackle, and like you know, they've now got to play an hour with ten men, so. Um, you know, that was good for us. Flem stepped up to try and emulate Ollie Wake. Nearly, but not quite. <laughs> well, we all know what Flem's shoot is like. So, um, you know, we were sat on a bench saying, why is Flem taking that? He's not going to get that in like 100. He hasn't even, I mean, in the warm-up, we're doing a shooting drill. I know he can hit a target once. So, <laughs> oh, and he maintained that in the game then? That's what I'm saying, yeah. He, uh, he, he did it at the top. He was nowhere near, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good yard past the post, wasn't it? But there we go. <laughs> Um, so with ten men up, you're sort of thinking, right? You know, this is a, an opportunity. We don't win many down at Cobham, um, so you, 
you've got to take what opportunities you get. An hour against ten men, this is this is there, isn't it? We've got to we've got to get three points in this. And moments later, we find ourselves two one down. Yeah, um, it was a sort of long ball forward, and this is the one where Cuffy, Cuffy did come out of his line. And again, we were talking about Saxby's pace, and Saxby's pace came came off for them again. Um, he, uh, he he beat Cuffy quite easily to the ball, and Cuffy was in no man's land, and he knew what, straight away. I think he knew before he even like got put, got to the ball before Saxby even got to the ball. He was he was done. It was just a split second wrong decision, and you know actually he was going wide, and we had a couple of men tracking, so didn't look good for us. Um, and two and down to ten men, you're thinking, oh, you know, men behind the ball now. But so that changes things again. All of a sudden, we're you know we're two one down, and it's not what we're expecting to be so two one down so quickly after sort of have gaining a man advantage, if you like. And but equally, we you know kept going, and just before half time, like literally a, a minute or two before half time, we win a, a free kick out on the right hand side, which uh, Mal takes in his first effort it was pretty awful. But luckily for him, it came back out to him. Yeah, um, Mal's showing himself up as a bit of a two-footed player just by scuffing the first one on his right, which is meant to be a stronger foot, and then um, kind of working the ball back out to him on the left-hand side. And it's almost like a second phase is almost more dangerous than the first one, and we've seen that quite a few times in set pieces and in all, all sorts of divisions and all sorts of levels. Defenders think, oh, fantastic. And as they're coming out and lead their men, um, Louis found himself in loads of space and Mal put a ball to the back post and bang 2-2 two, two, happy days yeah and Louis did well spin off his man and got on the end of it knocked it home so brilliant we're back in the game it's you know a minute before our time two all let's get in talk about what we're going to do and you know work out how we're going to win the game um, didn't quite work out that way did it no um, we were talking about it the other day at the pub um, it's no surprise that they're big centre-half I think he's their captain as well now um, after Wilco went off um, there's no surprise he scored some like six goals already this season because he was like six foot five and built like a like, yeah, built like a box whatever it is um, yeah I beat the guy beat our guy to the ball from a long throw headed straight in we were nowhere near it again and it's a bit of a replica of the Matt Watson goal so it's disappointing to concede again in that way but yeah there we go. so then half time whistle does blow and Obviously, we were playing against 10 men for 15 minutes of that half, but we, the 10 men had managed to score two goals against us, which is certainly not what we'd be hoping for. And So what was, what was it like at half-time? Was it sort of disappointment, a bit of frustration, determination to put it right, or a combination of everything? Uh, I wasn't actually in the, uh, in the, okay. in the, in the changing room at half-time. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, you probably have to, but I, um, I was out kicking a ball with the boys in the half-time, and obviously we were talking about the game. Yeah, feeling feeling obviously a little bit bemused about going three two down, but we we knew, you know, amongst ourselves that you know there was plenty of time in this game for us to come back and get in this game. We heard that Harry was pretty angry. It's probably the angriest halftime team talk that Harry Harry gave uh, since he's been in charge. That's why it was described to me, um, and I'm not surprised. <laughs> so five goals in the first half. Um, bit disappointing the way we conceded some, but I mean, I'm not sure Cobham would have been very happy with the, their first one either. Um, so the second half starts and again it's it's Josh and Louis sort of causing problems isn't it running at the defence we're putting pressure on and getting up and supporting them and again you still think yeah the, the equaliser is going to come isn't it uh, 10 men it obviously takes the legs out of you especially when you're still going for goals which come were to their credit I suppose um, they were still trying to win the game maybe a little bit naive I think it opened up spaces for us and Louis and Josh fully exploited that and the equaliser came again. It's these these pair uh, linking up this time. Louis the ball out to Louis on the right, who sort of 
beat a man and crossed it into Josh, who threw himself at it. Yeah, um, another lovely goal. Um, Louis combining and doing good stuff again on the right hand side. Like you said, he's um, he's covered all sorts of places around the pitch, and it was kind of put on a plate for Josh. He couldn't miss. So we equalise. It's three all. You know, you, again, the, you know, you're thinking we, we've got to go on and win this. But like, like you said, I mean, Cobham, they weren't settling for the draw either, were they? They were literally chucking everything forward and leaving, probably just leaving their back four to defend and let everybody else attack. I mean, and that's, that, well, it's quite brave, isn't it? Yeah, really brave. Uh, I'd say brave and probably a little bit on the side of stupid as well. I think when the when it goes down to 10 men in like, a, in like a Premier League game, when you're watching a pub or whatever, you think, oh, that's going to kill this game. They're going to put 10 men behind the ball. And Cobham didn't do that at all. They threw caution to the wind and said, we're going to still try and outscore you and back themselves. Fair play, but I think they probably ran out of puff in the end. And so eventually then, for the first time in the match, we take the lead. Um, and again, it's, it's Louis and Josh, a three ball from Louis. Yeah, the, um, the match balls were finding their way back to us when the ball was going out of play very quickly. So us subs were sent round the back and uh, back of the goal to try and get the ball back as quickly as we could. Um, from there, we saw Payne make a really nice run. Um, Louis slide him in between the two centre-halves um, and Payne made no mistake and rolled it lovely in the bottom corner. Yeah, it was a very good finish. We're not on the angle from about 20 yards or so into the far corner. Really good finish. Um, but our lead didn't last very long. Three or four minutes and we give away a penalty and again you can't really complain about it can you uh, no complaints my only complaint is on the match report I'm just going to read it here it says um, Ollie Waite dived head first into the ground um, he didn't dive head first he threw himself in to block, block a shot and um, the guy dummy he was a faint as a faint shot rolled the ball past him and Wicks followed through basically went into the bloke and stopped him stopped him going into the ball so definite penalty and when Matt Gross steps up to take a penalty you expect to see the net bulge and, and well it did I mean, by this point, the whole crowd was on edge. You know, like screams of "Come on, Cuffy! Come on, Cuffy!" all over the place. It was quite surreal. So I thought, "Oh, I only might get this." And then, no, they absolutely no <laughs> Bang it straight in, straight to the side net, and you don't save those, do you? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And again, so this was another short-lived scoreline. It was uh, four all now at this point, just in case anyone's lost count. And a minute, literally a minute later, ninety seconds, absolute tops. We retake the lead. We're up in the box. I'm not even sure. Was it? Um, I think Steve Flynn which went across I can't remember who got an initial shot but it was just blocked wasn't it uh, it was Louis I think um, we got down the right hand side lovely Steve Flynn came on made a difference um, second half um, his legs just loves running that boy or Grimble square the ball back for uh, Louis Irwin and uh, shot was blocked well by the defenders and actually I don't think Cobham can have any kind of complaints that are in defending on this one um, it kind of rolled out to Jamie Green from about I don't know 12 yards out and uh, it kind of bounced off his shin and went into the bottom corner. So, you know, no, no, all jokes aside, he, um, it came out to about 20 yards out. And, you know, we were joking about him getting, getting none on target in the warm-up. This one was in the top bins. It was a bit of a screamer, really. And our celebration kind of confirmed that. I think after that point, enough was enough. And we're trying to time, time to kill the game. So at this point, there's still 15 minutes to go. So which in this game is still time for like two or three more goals at least, the way it's been going. But um, at this point, we started to maybe become a little bit less gung-ho and we started to shore things up try and just be a bit more steady and that was probably the first time in the game that we'd done that well I decided done that yeah the subs came on Luca came on and obviously we've already made Steve and I came on for, uh, for Painter just to basically shore up and try and hold the ball and keep the ball up um, in, in their areas it wasn't working and they kept, kept to credit kept getting the ball back 
didn't really forge anything though and we actually kept the ball once we got behind the ball and stopped chasing a game it was it was pretty much there yeah. I, I don't think anything got created after that really from and but like you said did they just I think they'd given it everything hadn't they really at that point just literally just attacked with 10 men for you know the last hour nearly and they just probably just ran out of steam at the end which I mean you can't criticise them for because it was a monumental effort with 10 men I think when Jamie Green's putting him in the top bin from 20 yards <laughs> you know you looks out not your, you know it's not your day I think <laughs> um, so yeah I think the the energy they put in to get themselves back to four or get themselves in a position with 20 minutes to go to be level um, basically killed their hopes really of breaking us down again because um, our legs are strong you know, we only have five at the back and you know we're strong lads at the back we've got it was never going to break us down so I mean obviously that's a great result for us winning any win down at Cobham you'd take any day of the week wouldn't you let's be honest about it and with their front three of sort of Saxby, Grosey and Asa Phillips and, and then their midfield just constantly joining in and attacking as well they're going to continue scoring a lot of goals this season aren't they so therefore they'll win most of the games they play uh, yeah they're going to score an absolute shed load of goals um, I think other than the, the, the big guy at the back the big centre half I'm not particularly impressed with some of the decisions they made on the day possibly that's an on the, on the day decision don't know I can only say what I saw but um, some tackles are rash and I think possibly need a uh, a little bit of a more balanced view on how they're going to go and do things because we all know defences win leagues and Ham record not conceding goals and there's a reason they're top of the league. And just just on a final note on the game, uh, I thought the I mean I I can say the officials I don't I don't think that the two assistants had much to do really but I thought the the officials were really really good which is not always the case but in this case I thought they had a, had a really good game. Yeah, I mean, we gave the ref a little bit of stick and I think so did their guys. It was one of those games where you couldn't not because it meant so much and there was so much happening. Um, but actually, he, did, he managed to risk the situation really well um, and it was, he actually talked to the benches as well. He talked to the players when they had a complaint. There was no kind of demonstrative card waving or anything like that. He just got on with it and said, come on, lads, you know, you know the score here. And, you know, that pragmatism paid, you know, showed in his performance. It was good. So a great, great result for us and I mean a fantastic game to watch the neutral and obviously we, we're looking forward to welcoming Cobham for what should be another good game down at Alvington later in the season. We'll have a 1-0 I think for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> right, other results from the DPL at the weekend. Bridport 2, Wareham 0, Holt 1, Blanford 2, Portland 2, Gillingham 4, Shaftesbury 2, Corfcastle 5, Sherborne 0, Balty 3, uh, Swanage 0, Dort Sports 1 and Stir Newton 1, Hamworthy Rec 7, Hamwreck, of course, maintaining their perfect start. Seven wins from seven games. A plus 24 goal difference. 21 points on the board. They're going to be hard to beat once again. And there's nothing less than you expect, really. OK, so next up. Reserve team game. V-Wing Canton. Um, it's a midweek match. There's new faces on, in the pitch and in the dugouts. Jake? Your first official game in charge of the reserves. Were you nervous, excited, or all of the above, or anything else? Probably a bit of both, to be honest. I think we've had quite a decent pre-season, um, but our season obviously started six weeks later than the first team, so it was sort of just waiting to get going. Um, and obviously, we're going to find out we didn't get off to the perfect start, which we'll discuss in a second. But yeah, like you said, a bit nervous, but more excited than anything, just, just to kick off the season uh, and see what we can do this year. And it was a bit of a strange game because obviously the DPL's midweek matches have finished because they consider it to be too dark this week to play football. And uh, the kickoff six thirty, sundown is was forecast seven fifty, with the game sort of therefore going to end about eight fifteen. That 
there's an obvious problem there, isn't it? And, and it, well, we'll come to it, but you could, you could see it coming, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, me and Liam both raised a question to our last week and maybe looked at getting the game stopped to the wing, wing Canton pitch because obviously they've got floodlights, but they were insistent on the, like you said, a full fixture list in the, in the senior league that night. So we had to crack on with it and work best of what we could. Will, you're a king of common sense. I mean, surely it would have been more sensible from the league to just play at the Saturday earlier if they wanted a full set of games in. Play it on the Saturday or swap the fixture, like Jake said. You've got floodlights. I don't get it. Bit strange, never mind. So, Jake, like you alluded to a minute ago, the game started and 30 seconds in, it wasn't the perfect start you were looking for. No, it wasn't ideal. Um, we, we've not made a habit of it, but a few slow starts in pre-season have seen us go, go one down. Uh, so, me and Liam emphasised that we wanted a fast start and we got exactly the opposite of that. Uh, we've not reacted to a second ball. The lad is 25 yards from goal and in fairness to him, he's put it straight in the top corner over Pip. Pip's got no chance. Um, and at that point, I'm thinking, oh... Not, not ideal, but we, but we go again in a bit of encouragement. And like I said, it's a few slow starts in pre-season, but it took us 10, 15 minutes to get going. But once we did, I thought I was pretty, pretty impressed with what we were starting to do. I mean, the one thing you, I mean, like you say, it's difficult to say you started slow after 30 seconds, I think. But I mean, it was a great finish for wasn't it? You can't, can't criticise that finish. Yeah, yeah, he, he got his laces through it and put it straight in the top corner, as Jake said. Um, sat up nicely for him as well. Weston's pitch is good; he can trust the bounce. So. Fair play to him, he took it well. But anyway, you can't criticise the reaction to that goal because, you know, literally we kick off, go down the other end and we get a penalty. That's, you know, that's a good, good reaction. Was it handball? Yeah, from what I think there was a lot of shouts for handball. Me and, me and Plimps definitely between us were up and the bench was up, so I think and the ref had no, uh, no issue in giving it straight away. Um, I'd actually called for Sweeter to have it, but he wasn't so keen on having it. So Vossi stepped up, uh, is confident, it's, it takes... Uh, confidence to take a penalty um, unfortunately it's gone over the bar uh, but it's not the end of the world we've got plenty of time to get back in it wasn't ideal but like I said plenty of time to, to get an equaliser it's quite far over the bar wasn't it I mean we know vossi has got problems with his hearing um, maybe he's got problems with his eyesight as well kicking the wrong part of the ball because that, that went into orbit uh, not a good pen <laughs> ok so um, an opportunity to, to equalise obviously passes by and then again it's, it's a, an action packed start minutes in and one of their players goes sort of clean through and Pitt makes a good save. Pitt made a handful of good saves in this game, to be fair. But yeah, I think the first 15-20, we, we probably were a little bit nervous. First league game, a few new faces, uh, a few young lads out there maybe haven't had the, the old experienced lads with them to, to get them through it. Um, and like I said, a bit, a bit of a nervous start, a few chances for Wincanton, which in fairness, looking back, they're probably kicking us as it didn't take. But credit to Pip, he's, he's called upon and he's made some blinding saves to, to keep that at 1-0. And our first chance from open play came from a Sam Fuller pass who, who put in Morley. He sort of went a little bit, a little bit wide, and you know got a shot off and side netting. But you know, decent effort. Yeah, completely decent effort. I was, we can't be too disappointed. He's a young lad. He's got bags of talent. He's gone through. I'm thinking he's going to finish that after what he, he did against the first team a couple of weeks ago in the in-house game in training uh, when he sat Jack Dicker down, got his fourth, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world. Like I said, there was plenty of time. It was getting a little bit frantic and it was almost as if we were panicking. But looking at the watch, we played about 18 minutes. So we just had to emphasise that there's plenty of time. Keep playing the way we're playing and we'll get our chances. Um, we can't really, they were quite, I mean, their lads up top, they were, they were pretty quick and, you know, they were using that to, to reasonable effect. But we, defending, we were defending quite well and, you know, Bertie and the, and the lads were sort of in control and they weren't creating too much for a while. 
Yeah, I was happy with our control of the game. I think certainly from the back four, like you said, Bertie was in control. We had young Torp Morgan in next to him. He was in there for his pace, and I think he adapted quite well to that. His brother Scott at left back and obviously Plumlet right back. Like I was saying to Will before we kicked off, he controlled the game really well. We probably weren't as overly brave as what I want us to be going forward. The passing was nice. We, like you said, dominating the game, but we weren't really creating too much and causing encountering too many problems. They were happy to sit deep and let us have the ball, which it looks pleasing on the eye, but when you're 1-0 down, you haven't really got time to, to knock it around the back four. We need to sort of be brave and become a bit more penetrative with our, with our forward passing. OK, and, and so just before half-time, uh, it could have altered again and another win-counting player goes through, but Pip's legs get in the way and he sort of keeps it at 1-0 just before half-time. Crucial save. Completely crucial safe. I think it would have been a different halftime team talk if we'd gone in at 2-0 down. There probably would have been a lot of uh, depleted faces uh, in body language, but another crucial safe from Pip, as you'll find out, he's made a couple of them on Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, I was quite happy to get the boys in at halftime at 1-0. Plenty of time to turn it around, uh, and I'm sure you'll find out in a second we did just that. So, second half sort of opened as the, as the first one finished with a chance to win County. Maybe had a sort of a good sight of goal and put a shot past the post and, and again followed up by a, another player sort of nearly getting through and, and Pippin doing his job once again again yeah absolutely I, I can't fault him we keep, we keep talking about him for the minute apart from the other 10 players but yeah he's, he, he's done he's had a really good game Tuesday he was man of the match I think 90% of the lads voted him man of the match which uh, included myself and Plimps which, uh, which was brilliant but he's, he's doing his job that's what he's there for he, he's a good talker from the back he gets the boys organised uh, and he was superb Tuesday so credit to him for keeping us in the game and I guess probably halfway through that half, we started to get a little bit of control on the game all of a sudden and, and sort of work our way into it. Uh, sort of certainly attacks were coming down the right, you know, Plumlee was involved, linking up with some of the other lads and we were getting balls in and starting to look like, like the equaliser was starting to build and you could sense tide was turning a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I thought our play, we started to get a bit braver. I think we were a bit too passive in the first half with our passing, like I said. I um, mean, you started to notice a bit more confidence. The, the ball was zipping around quicker. The, the full-backs were, were overlapping the wingers. There was movement in amongst the front three. The midfield was sweeter. Uh, Dan Ewans and Sanford really had control of that. The passing was nice. And it was just about, can we get that opportunity to get one? Because I was confident once we get one, we'd go on and get the winner. Um, it didn't plan out as simple as that, as you'll find out. But, yeah, we, we certainly improved with the last 20 to go. Uh, it was just about whether or not we could go on and press on then. OK, so then about 15 to go, we get a free kick. And Nick Voss steps up trying to right the wrong of the penalty and nearly managed it. He nearly did, yeah. He's, I don't think uh, I've seen someone hit the bar that hard since I did in the under-18s a few years ago, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I was nearly down the touchline, giving it, uh, it a big gun because it was nearly one all. But unfortunately, he's hit the bar very hard. A cracking strike. He had a really good game. A really, really good game. Um, and it was unfortunate not to go in, but we, we didn't let our heads drop, which I was really pleased with. A lot of characters out on that pitch. Uh, to carry us through and then the equaliser did come um, it's, a, it's a ball in, uh, crossing from the right hand side I think and the first person to react with a header from a few yards out to a bouncing ball was maybe not the most likely source no I'm not, I'm not quite sure what Plumlee was doing on the penalty area when the ball was coming from the right hand side but I'll take it because it's one all um, I, I was really happy with that that's then the, the marker then to go and get the winner um, it, it was probably well deserved to be honest it had been coming like you said um, and it was just it was fortunate to fall to him and he's, he's tucked it away nice uh, and we had to get our game heads on again then and, and try and press for the winner and you know Rincanton didn't take it lying down straight after the straight after the goal they almost from kick off they went down the other end and, and struck the post 
Yeah, that wasn't ideal for heart palpitations. Um, it was a, it was a nervous 15-20 because it, the game opened up. Us equalising made it a real open game. Um, we were pushing them forward, and like you said, they had two quick strikers, which were sort of counteracting that. Uh, although we had a bit of pace in the back for their, their two quick lads, uh, and when they hit the post, it was a bit of slice of luck. But uh, we picked ourselves up and won again. And and so did we can because we're into the last ten minutes just about, and despite it not really seeming likely after for the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes they've taken the lead again and it's a through ball and he's, he's finished well they've gone 2-1 um, I think it was just after I brought Joe Jarvis on um, it, who we'll get on to in a minute with his performance but they've gone 2-1 and I'm sat there thinking it's obviously not ideal we're 10 to go but there's a lot of characters like I said in that side a lot of talented players so I trust we could get the equaliser I had it in the lads we changed the shape a little bit and brought Will into the game uh, brought him on for a bit of bite in midfield and went to a 4-2-3-1 rather than a 4-3-3 uh, put Joe Jarvis into the nine and Sam Fuller behind him which seemed to work really well we soon gained control of the midfield and it was when Canton that were pretty much defended on their penalty area for the last 15 and for that, just after your, your changes there, you know, one of the people you mentioned who got moved into the role, the ball got pulled back to Sam Fuller in the box and he's on hand to level the game. He has a great bit of footwork from Sam. Uh, he's come on leaps and bounds the last couple of weeks. A really, really good performance. I was really pleased with that. I thought he was going to shoot. He's, he sold the defender and he's buried it in the, in the corner. And the best thing about that, he's then going to grab the ball because we know that we want the winner. Uh, so I was really, really happy with that. So last couple of minutes, could we go and get it? So... Not long after that, I mean, literally minutes, probably two. Uh, first time we, we take take the lead for the first time in the game. Uh, it's another one of your substitutions that come on and change the game. But I think we probably need to talk to Will before we mention anything else because Will, I mean, it comes to you, the ball comes in, you made a great run in behind, and you get a shot away. Yeah, I think it was Scotty Morgan to a ball to the back post. Because um, see, the two guys at the back post were actually quite comfortably underneath the ball. So, um, from going on the edge of the penalty area, you can see that they were, the ball was going to drop to the back post. So, I just gambled on it getting there and thankfully got it first. And you got it, but then it, it wasn't, you know, it was a difficult shot to strike, but you kept it down, you kept it on target. You maybe didn't strike it as clean as you like, but that's not the important thing, is that you made the keeper make a save and that created the, the opportunity to, to take the lead. Just wanted to put it back across goal, to be honest, and try and bounce it, bounce it in front of the keeper. That was all I was trying to do. and. I kind of it kind of spun off my foot a little bit, but um, I think actually that's been probably made him palm it out nicely for Joe to finish. So happy days. Yeah. And Joe, your substitution, you just stuck him up top, was loitering there to, to whack it in to, to put you in the lead for the first time. I mean, that's got to be a good feeling with a with a couple to go. Yeah, it, it was a very good feeling. Uh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying he wasn't. He was very disappointed to be sat on the bench. Of, we've got a big squad with the resolution and a lot of talented players. But I said to him he'll get his chance, and he certainly uh, certainly proved the point come on in, in school two um, that, that first one to put us in front um, I had to keep my emotions in check because at that point I was fully down the touchline then 3-2 uh, uh, but then I remember we've also got five minutes to go um, so yeah it's, it, we go on to obviously the last five and could we hold out for the winner and in that last five uh, Joe took another opportunity as a, as a nice sort of ball through the middle to Joe and he finished very well he finished incredibly well, yeah, roof of the net and off the bar, uh, and that was it. then a nice bigger run. There was a, a, a decent crown for Rezzy's game, I was really happy with that, to be honest, uh, and I'm sure the boys would appreciate the support most weeks. 4-2, uh, pretty much game over with a couple left, um, and I think on the back of the, the first half and second half, and combine them together, we probably deserve the win. When Canton were a very well-organised side, they played good football at times, but I think we just proved too strong for them in the end. 
and you know good to, we had a like you say we had a decent crowd down it's good to see them all there and it's just a it's just a shame the last 15 minutes was played virtually in the dark it was very dark like we raised that point obviously with the floodlights potentially being changed out to win canton but it was pretty much the same for the first team game last last week against gillingham dark for the last 15 i could only see orange shirts uh, for the last 10 so we, we deal with it and we dealt with it very well uh, the character I was really pleased with because with, with 8 to go and 2-1 down are you expecting to win 4-2? probably not uh, but the, the equaliser galvanised us um, the energy levels were lifted the spirits were lifted and, and I don't think we can't could cope, cope with that the last 5 so in this game then there was 4 goals in the last 7 minutes is it going to be this exciting all season? I bloody hope not <laughs> I don't want to start like that every week um, no it's like I said it's not something I want to make a habit of going in having to go a goal down to, to get a reaction uh, the boys know that the boys know that we're probably below par on average first half they said that themselves there's like I said a lot of leaders on that side and a lot of honest blokes that know that between collectively as a group uh, that first half wasn't good enough but they certainly put it right second half and I was really really pleased with the way we come back and got three points Okay, so there was a full programme of uh, league games, the first round of league games uh, midweek in the Dorset Senior League. Just a selection of other results was uh, Blandford 2, Stalbridge 4. Uh, we know Blandford can be either really strong sometimes with their, depending on who's available for them. So uh, we're playing Stalbridge on Saturday, so that looks like a, a tough game potentially. Um, last year's runners-up, Mir, uh, won 2-0 at home to last year's third place team, Tisbury. And the other guess, the standout one was Cobham Reserves nil, Stir Marshall six. So I sort of feel like Stir Marshall could be a, a strong side again this year, but we'll see. Uh, the under 18s open their season on Sunday with a trip to Nailsea, and that is uh, certainly a difficult game for them, but there we go. And just a couple of other things then, lads. The initial DPL representative squad has been at, is out, because it, it's not the final. Uh, squad for the game there's a, there's a few too many players in it too. I'm sure he'll cut it down but uh, call ups for Josh Payne Jack Dicker Johnny Manley Luca Martin Ollie Waite and Malik Kamal uh, so you know good representation from, from our team uh, yeah I think uh, you could argue for others as well to be honest um, all those boys have kind of really stood out as well so far been really strong in this division um, Flem after his one goal will be a little bit uh, disappointed not to get the call up and you know if they need a super sub then I'm then I'm here but um, no no I'm a bit surprised there's only two from Ham Wrecking there you know for such a, a good side they are you know it's, it's a bit odd there's only two isn't it yeah. seven out of seven and only two of their players make this make the cut a little bit strange I mean you could pick the common attack and probably half our defence and I think the uh, the rep midfield and I think you've probably got your side there but um, yeah a great well done for the lads and go and make the most of it so that game is scheduled to be played on the 21st of September on the Saturday now that day we have a fixture away at Hamrec so with our players in the, in the rep side and the Hamrec players in the rep side it's probably unlikely there will be a game for us that day uh, just something in the wider football world then uh, the Alexis Sanchez Henrik Mkhitaryan transfer is that the worst transfer of all time where both sides have had a massive fail out of it I don't know, I'm a Liverpool fan and we signed Paul Kincheski once, so I'm not overly <laughs> And Andy sure. Carroll. And, yeah, and, and, all right, Phil, and Andy Carroll. Um, yeah, that's not ideal. I think, in fairness, Alexis Sanchez has got talent. It's just not worked for me United for whatever reason. Um, I wouldn't mind being sat on a bench, walking a dog and playing the piano for 400 grand a week, as I'm not sure most people would. So, yeah, to be honest, I'm, I'm happy. I'm a Liverpool fan. We're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, and one of the wider issues of the day then, Will, for you... 
the Amazon rainforest has been in the news obviously quite heftily this week and literally a, a football si- a football pitch sized spe- you know space of the Amazon is, Amazon is destroyed every minute would this be okay if it was being turned into a football pitch? <laughs> uh, absolutely uh, not um, no I don't really know if I, enough about it I think we've um, things that we I think like the G7 have offered aid to um, to, uh, to Brazil I, I think um, the G7 have offered 18 million uh, for them to stop cutting it down so I mean but that's only the cost of one slightly above average Premier League centre half they're not going to get many players for all these football pitches with that are they? Well, they can have it Nathan Ake is worth 75 million apparently so um, no um, I, I don't get it but whether we're, they refused it so whether they're you know whether the G7 are asking for interest rates on that I don't know it wouldn't surprise me you know green rules the world isn't it but you know that's my cynical view on it but um, Brazil are trying to protect their sovereignty I think that's probably admirable but if you need help sometimes you've got to say yes please okay and final question then um, have you ever imagined no hypothetical situations well no that's a (laughs) no but why why would you imagine no hypothetical situations because hypothetical situations mean you can imagine the things that you don't understand but with the world understanding something else would be pointless wouldn't it Absolutely, and thank you very much to everyone for listening. Uh, the first team have a break from league action this weekend as they welcome Welton Rovers reserves on Saturday the 7th in the Somerset Senior Cup. Uh, after reaching the semi-finals a couple of seasons back, we'll be looking for a good run in this competition. And this is a two o'clock kickoff at Alvington. This one will go to penalties if all square at the end of the game. There is no extra time, so theoretically no reason for an early kickoff. But there we go. The reserves uh, have their second league game of the season, and they travel to Stallbridge fairly local that one is at three o'clock and at least you'll be able to see all of this game as it will be in daylight on sunday the under 18 start their season with a trip to nail that's sunday the 8th and that's a tough start to life for those under 18s this season but there we go all of our youth sides commence this weekend as well that's uh, youth and mini soccer and we've got another eight western sports football club sides taken to the pitch this weekend if you have a child who'd like to play on the team or you'd like to run a team then please get in touch via social media or through the contacts on our website after we'd recorded last week's podcast, um, Will Island admitted to us that he'd uh, written some gags and dropped them in it. So um, we didn't spot them as the episode went on, but if you did, let us know. And, and let us know if you spotted any of them in, in tonight, if he's done the same. We are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all good podcast providers. Please subscribe and give us a nice rating if you can. I'd like to thank Will Island and Jake Coons for their time this evening. And we hope to see you all at Alvington at the weekend.